Hey, night owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. This is Krista. And that's Rachel over there. Being, she's <laughs> being spooky and scary. Spooky I'm just like in the mode. I'm sorry. I, I just like you. So, anyways, <laughs> um, so we, you'll notice that this is up on not our usual fortnight date because we yeah. are doing crazy uh some like little mini episode type things for the month of october since it starts it's one of the best months and it starts off the best season and it's in the in fall and all these other amazing things so what we're gonna do is oh hold on i thought i turned off my phone Okay, so uh, what we're going to do is for each one of these little ones, we are going to pick a book and only one of us is going to talk about it. So they'll be shorter. Um, they won't have the spiel in the beginning of them going forward because now you guys no know what's spiel. Yeah, just straight to the point. Awesome story time. Direct. So for this one, these are our campfire stories, which is why I started this in my spooky voice, which I realized I don't know that it was super spooky. But I am doing scary stories to tell in the dark by Alvin Schwartz. This is the original with drawings by Stephen Gamble. They actually, this was also a banned book because um only because of the pictures because they were like so terrifying um and so they ended up actually redoing the pictures and brett helquist did it uh, his drawings are also really good like he is a very skilled uh illustrator but the it's not even close to as scary as the original ones i'll post some of like the differences and stuff too so please do yes so scary stories to tell in the dark um it's actually really fun too because so one this book is written for children and so um it has like this whole little intro and i'm just gonna start by reading that to you guys pioneers used to entertain themselves by telling scary stories at night they might gather in somebody's cabin or around a fire and see who could scare the others the most some girls and some girls and boys in my town do the same thing today they get together at somebody's house and they turn out the lights and eat popcorn and scare one another half to death. Telling scary stories is something people have done for thousands of years. For most of us like being scared in that way. Since there isn't any danger, we think it is fun. There are a great many scary stories to tell. There are ghost stories. There are tales of witches, devils, boogeymen, zombies, and vampires. There are tales of monstrous creatures and of other dangers. There are even stories that make us laugh at all this scariness. Some of these tales are very old when they are told around the world, and most have the same origins. They are based on things that people saw or heard or experienced or thought they did. Many years ago, a young prince became famous for a scary story he started, but started to tell but did not finish. His name was Mamillimus. 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 And he was... <laughs> Many years ago, a young prince became famous for a scary story he started to tell but did not finish. His name was Mamillimus. And he probably was nine or ten years old. William Shakespeare told about him in The Winter's Tale. It was on a dark winter's day that his mother, the queen, asked for a story. 
A sad tale's best for winter, he said, and I have one of spirits and goblins. Ooh. Do your best to frighten me with your spirit, she said. You're powerful at it. I should tell it softly, he said. Yon cricket, crickets shall not hear it. And he began. There was a man dwelt by a churchyard. But that was as far as he got. For at that moment the king came in and arrested the queen and took her away. And soon <laughs> after that, Mamillimus died. No one knows how we would have finished his story. If you started, as he did, what would you tell? Most scary stories are, of course, meant to be told. They are more scary that way, but how you tell them is important. As Milimus knew, the best way is to speak softly so that your listeners lean forward to catch your words, and to speak slowly so that your voice sounds scary. And the best time to tell these stories is at night, in the dark and the gloom. It is easy for someone listening to imagine all sorts of strange and scary things. So basically, this yeah. So this whole little book is so children can learn how to tell. Yeah, how to tell. I had like completely forgotten about all of these things. But um, so this first story is from this chapter that's called Ah. This chapter is this chapter is filled with jump stories. you can use to make your friends jump with fright sorry i have a sore throat coming on i shouldn't have add so loud i gotta drink some tea and then we'll get right to the scary stuff i'm so ready okay this is called the big toe a boy was digging at the edge of the garden when he saw a big toe he tried to pick it up but it was stuck to something so he gave it a good hard jerk and it came off in his hand then he heard something groan and scamper away. The boy took the toe into the kitchen and showed it to his mother. It looks nice and plump, she said. I'll put it in the soup. We'll have it for supper. <gasps> that night, his father carved the, carved the toe into three pieces, and they each had a piece. Then they did the dishes, and when it got dark, they went to bed. The boy fell asleep almost at once, but in the middle of the night, a sound awakened him. It was something out on the street. It was a voice, and it was calling to him. Where is my toe? It groaned. When the boy heard that, he got very scared. But he thought, he doesn't know where I am. It will never find me. Then he heard the voice once more. Only now it was closer. Where is my toe? It groaned. The boy pulled the blankets over his head and closed his eyes. I'll go to sleep, he thought. When I wake up, it will be gone. But soon he heard the back door open. And again, he heard the voice. Where is my toe? It groaned. Then the boyhood footsteps moved through the kitchen into the dining room, into the living room, into the front hall. Then slowly, they climbed the stairs. Closer and closer they came. Soon they were in the upstairs hall. Now they were outside his door. Where is my toe? The voice groaned. His door opened. Shaking with fear, he listened as the footsteps slowly moved through the dark towards the bed. Then they stopped. Where is my toe? The voice groaned. You've got it! It's super fun because it tells you, like, in parentheses to be like, at this point, pause, then jump at the person next to you and shout. Oh my god, it's an instructional. Yeah, so it, like, teaches, like, children. I love it. Yeah. And then this one also has an alternate ending, but I don't like it as much. It's more just like the big bad wolf. 
So this next one is from, this chapter is, he heard footsteps coming up the cellar stairs. Oh my God, I get two? I'm so stoked. You get three. <gasps> I couldn't, I'm so lucky. I couldn't pick just one. So there are ghosts in this chapter. One comes back as a real person. Another takes revenge on her murderer. And there are other strange happenings. So this one is called The Haunted House. One time, a preacher went to see if he could put a haunt to rest at a house in his settlement. The house had been haunted for about 10 years. Several people had tried to stay the night there, but they would always get scared out by the haunt. So this preacher took his Bible and went to the house, went on in, built himself a good fire and lit a lamp, sat there reading the Bible. Then, just before midnight, he heard something start up the cellar, walking back and forth, back and forth. Then it sounded like somebody was trying to scream and got choked off. Then there was a lot of thrashing around and struggling. And finally, everything got quiet. The old preacher took up his Bible again, but before he could start reading, he had heard footsteps coming up the cellar doors. He sat watching the door to the cellar and the footsteps coming closer and closer. He saw the doorknob turn, and when the door began to open, he jumped up and hollered, What do you want? The door shut back easy-like, and there wasn't a sound. The preacher was trembling a little, but he finally opened the Bible and read a while. When he got up and laid the book on the chair and went to mending the fire. Then the haunt started walking again, and step, step, step up the stellar stairs. The old preacher sat watching the door, saw the doorknob turn, and the door opened. It looked like a young woman. He backed him and said, who are you? What do you want? That's a picture of her when you turn the page. Oh my god, that's horrible. It's terrifying. The haunt sort of swayed like she didn't know what to do. Then she just faded out. The old preacher waited, waited, and when he didn't hear any more noises, he went over and shut the door. He was sweating and trembling all over, but he was a brave man, and he thought he'd be able to see it through. So he turned his chair to where he could watch, and he sat down and waited. It wasn't long before he heard the haunt start up again slowly. Step, 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 closer and closer, step, step. It was right at the door. The preacher stood up and held his Bible out before him. Then the knob slowly turned and the door opened wide. This time, the preacher spoke quiet like he said, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, who are you and what do you want? The hawk came right across the room, straight to him, and took hold of his coat. There was a young woman, about 20 years old. Her hair was torn and tangled, and the flesh was dropping off her face so that he could see the bones and part of her teeth. She had no eyeballs, but there was a sort of blue light way back in her eye sockets. She had no nose to her face. And then she started talking. It sounded like her voice was coming and going with the wind blowing it. She told how her lover had killed her for her money and buried her in the cellar. She said if the preacher would dig up her bones and bury her properly, she could rest. Then she told him to take the end joint of the little finger in her left hand and lay it on the collection plate at the next church meeting and he'd find out who had murdered her. And she said, if you come back here once more after that, you'll hear my voice at midnight and I'll tell you where my money is hid and you can give it to the church. 
The haunt sobbed like she was tired, and she sunk down towards the floor and was gone. The preacher found her bones and buried them in the graveyard. The next Sunday, the preacher put the finger bone in the collection plate, and when a certain man happened to touch it, it stuck to his hand. The man jumped up and rubbed and scraped and tore at the bone, trying to get it off. Then he was screaming like he was going crazy. Well, he confessed to the murder, and they took him to jail. After the man was hung, the preacher went back to the house one midnight, and Hans voice told him to dig under the hearth rock. He did, and he found a big sack of money, and there that haunt had held onto his oak. And where that haunt had held onto his coat, the print of those bony fingers was burnt right into the cloth. It never did come out. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That was spooky. Yeah, so I'll definitely also have to post a picture of that her picture? face. Yeah, because here's yeah, the other one. The other reason that I'm picking this one is because so this one's called The Hook, and it's the picture that he drew. <laughs> oh and it's, my god. And it's mainly because... visuals. Yeah, it's mainly because um, the redrawing of the hook is like not like it's a very well done hook, but it's not scary at all. Mm. So, um, and this one's also way shorter. So, Donald and Sarah went to the movies. Then they went for oh wait, I forgot to tell you guys what uh, tie like what uh, chapter bits we were in. So this is I'm other. Sorry other dangers so most of the scary stories in this book have been passed down over the years but the ones in this chapter have been told only in recent times they are stories that young people often tell about dangers we face in our lives today so donald and sarah went to the movies then they went for a ride in donald's car they parked up on a hill at the edge of town from there they could see the lights up and down the valley donald turned on the radio and found some music but announcer broke in with a news bulletin. A murderer had escaped from the state prison. He was armed with a knife and was headed south on foot. His left hand was missing. In its place, he wore a hook. Let's roll up the windows and lock the door, said Sarah. That's a good idea, said Donald. The prison is, isn't too far away, said Sarah. Maybe we really should go home. But it's only ten o'clock, said Donald. I don't care what time it is, she said. I want to go home. Look, Sarah, said Donald, he's not going to climb all the way up here. Why would he do that? Even if he did, all the doors are locked. How could he get in? Hmm. Donald, he could take that hook and break through a window and open a door, she said. I'm scared. I want to go home. Donald was annoyed. Girls always are afraid of something, he said. As he started the car, Sarah thought she heard something or someone scratching at the door. Did you hear that? She asked as they rode away. It sounded like somebody was trying to get in. Oh, sure, said Donald. Soon they got to her house. Would you like to come in and have some cocoa? She asked. No, he said, I've got to go home. He went around to the other side of the car to let her out. Hanging on the door handle was a hook. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also one in here about how this like girl is driving home from school and like this car truck behind her keeps like uh turning on their high beams and like driving behind her oh my god no and she's like super annoyed and so she like finally gets home and she like pulls into her driveway and the truck follows her into her driveway so she like jumps out and runs to her dad and is like call the police call the police and then the police get there and they see that the uh truck driver is like still sitting in his car and he has a gun too and he's like you don't want me you want him crouched behind the driver's seat there was a man with a knife 
As the driver of the truck explained it, the man slipped into the girl's car just before she left school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. So every time the man in the backseat reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his hide beams, then the man would drop down, afraid that somebody might see him. Ooh. Yeah. So then the very last chapter is also called... This chapter has the same title as the first chapter, but the stories in the first chapter are meant to scare you. The ones in this chapter are meant to make you laugh. So we will end on a high note. This oh, is good. called The Viper. Viper. A widow lived alone on the top floor of an apartment house. One morning, her telephone rang. Hello? She said, hello. This, or, this is The Viper, a man said. I'm coming up. Somebody is fooling around, she thought, and hung up. A half hour later, the telephone rang again. It was the same man. It's the Viper, he said. I'll be up soon. The widow didn't know what to think, but she was getting frightened. Once more, the telephone rang. Again, it was the Viper. I'm coming up now, he said. She quickly called the police. They said they would be right over. When the doorbell rang, she sighed with relief. There, they are here, she thought. But when she opened the door, there stood a little old man with a bucket and a cloth. I'm the Viper. I wish to wash and vipe your windows. Oh my god. He's the, he's the viper. He's the wiper. Oh, I love it. Right? That was that was amazing. Yeah. Anyways, scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh they turned it into a movie. It's out now. It came out like a month or so. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to. I've heard really, really good things about it. Wait, it's based on that book? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I so guess it's I like that connection. Yeah. So it's like I think it's a bunch of like little short snippets or something about it that so, sounds amazing i'm gonna have to immediately yeah. go look that up there's also apparently a documentary about the thing so just because that one's on prime but the other the actual movie scary store still in dark is still in theaters i do believe mm. anyways well, as of our recording but i don't know if it will be that's true i don't know how long we'll be staying in theaters today anyways that was our first set of campfire stories i thoroughly enjoyed you reading me some scary stories so i hope to do you justice to do the favor next week yeah hopefully everyone liked it as always you can find us on our socials and our websites site we don't have more than one uh isn't it past your bedtime dot com at isn't it past your bedtime on insta and iipyb underscore pod on twitter and rate review subscribe Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, listen tell to your us mom. Work. My mom yeah. tells everyone. Her mom is awesome. Her mom's like our number one supporter. So, our number one fan, hundred percent. Shout out. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Uh, anyways, okay. uh, a nice spooky night in our <sighs> spooky season. It's my favorite season. Hopefully, you can sleep after all these scary stories. And if you can, maybe you should read another one. Yeah. If not, pick up a different.